This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today's guest on Valley Views is Eric Lee, Executive Director of Full Circle Restorative Justice. Eric, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Gary. Now, thanks for driving down from Salida just to be here. Beautiful drive. Let's talk a bit about your past. You're from Detroit. I'm from Cleveland. We just had a little conversation. And you have a background in the hospitality industry. How did that come about? It just kind of happened, you know. Early in life, you know, when you're a teenager, you need a job. And a buddy of mine's worked at this exclusive country club in Dearborn, which is where Fort World headquarters is, just outside of Detroit, and asked me if I needed a job. And I jumped on, and I basically just fell in love with it, fell in love with it from there. And I ended up working there till I graduated from high school. Then, as soon as I graduated, I got a job at. Uh, another pretty exclusive place, which was a hotel downtown in Detroit, the Hotel Pontchartrain. And I worked room service there. I ended up basically working every job in the hospitality industry at that at that hotel in the restaurant side, from cook to waiter. I ran the concession stands for a jazz concert series during the summers. And I just fell in love with it. And I really fell in love with the culinary side and the cooking side. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time... Cooks didn't make a whole lot of money where servers made a lot of money, especially in a place like that. Mm -hmm. So I just would just go home and practice all the dishes, and I'd learn how to cook that way. If I were to come over to your house, what's a dish that you might cook? It depends on the day. I mean, because I can cook everything. I tend to like to cook fish, though. So there's a chance that you would have some type of salmon. My wife... As a go-to loves when I make a salmon, grilled or seared salmon, on top of a pesto, uh, pesto pasta, and then I'll drizzle it with some balsamic glaze. Perfect. Thanks for that. Not everybody out there in Radioland is familiar with what uh, Full Circle Restorative Justice does, what the model is, who the clients are. Give us the summary in a nutshell. The summary of restorative justice is basically... Restorative justice is an alternative to the traditional justice system. What it does is it gives responsible parties, some people say offenders, the opportunity to accept responsibility for what they've done and repair the harms for what they've done. And it's, it's a very specific process that they go through. One of the traditions is a circle where it involves the victim or the harm party. Community members also come and give their perspective. And a co-facilitator kind of guide this process. So at the end, what happens is a, a healing agreement or contract is created for the responsible party to fulfill, to repair that harm that was done. This tends to be youth? It tends to be youth. In the state of Colorado, it's legislated where youth, in certain types of cases, have to be given the opportunity to participate in restorative justice. So, yeah, and with Full Circle, our focus is on youth because we think that from a long-range and long-term perspective in our way reforming and being more effective in a criminal justice system, addressing the youth problem is the way to go. Okay, and what is your geographic range? Remind us of that. We have four counties that we serve. We're basically the 11th Judicial District, which Mm -hmm. is Custer, Chafee, Park, and Fremont counties. 
This was long before your time, but uh, how did the organization get started? There was a person who was really passionate, Patty Latai, about restorative justice. And she founded it with the idea that she didn't want to bring that alternative system to the 11th Judicial District. And how big is the organization in terms of personnel? Four employees and myself right now. And are they all in Salida? They are all in Salida, although the work gets spread out, especially in Fremont. We have a lot of referrals that we get from Canyon City. Okay. Can you give me an example of a few clients with their issues and outcomes? Okay. So that that's interesting. And, and so... You know, we have three separate programs. We have the schools program, we have the diversion program, and we have our community services program. So the type of clients that we'll get differs from program to program. But what I just explained was more the diversion program because that deals directly with the judicial system. Mm -hmm. And so we just had a case where it was a couple of youths who did graffiti. They were picked up by law enforcement. The harm party was Parks and Rec Department in Buena Vista. And we do have to maintain some confidentiality, so I just have to go briefly on what happened. Basically, it was a direct referral from law enforcement, so it didn't go to the DA's office. And within the circle in the process, what happened was there was a restitution payment that was made to repair the damage done. And those participants also did community service and they participated in the restoring of the graffiti that they did. And so, yeah, they accepted responsibility immediately when they were picked up mm -hmm. and showed remorse, which is one of the main things we look for. And then they were really willing to go ahead and repair that harm that was done. Parks and Rec was really appreciative of the process. They were grateful. They were really satisfied that it worked out the way it did. And, and a lot of people who support restorative justice were happy that this didn't become a long-term scar on this youth's record, which could affect their ability to get in college, get into certain types of employment. One of the reasons the Sheriff's Department in Chafee supports us is that they recognize that youth who get in trouble and get a record are often automatically disqualified from becoming a sheriff later on. And they don't want some youth mistake in that mindset to affect their life from then on. Okay. We do recognize the ability for people to recognize that they've done wrong, they've done harm, accept responsibility and make amends and become a different person. Okay. And how do you interact with clients? One-on-one, uh, -on -one, group sessions, workshops? How does it work? Well, it starts one-on-one. -on -one. So the process, and I'll take you through the steps of the process, we get a say we get a referral from law enforcement. Our diversion manager will immediately reach out to that responsible party and have a pre-conference, which is a one-on-one. -on -one. Then they would reach out to a victim if there's a victim involved and reach out and talk to them one-on-one -on -one to see how they want to proceed. Then a, a group conference or a final conference or a circle is scheduled where you'll take the responsible party, the harm party, two facilitators, and two members of the community to come all come together, gauge what the impacts for the community were, what the impacts were on that harm party, and then come up with a restorative agreement or contract to repair those harms. That sounds fair. How do you find clients or how do they find you? Does it come through the judicial system? 
So that's a loaded question. And it's a great question. So if it is the diversion program, which deals directly with the judicial system, we have two ways. One of the things we're proud of is we had to have worked out an agreement with the DA in Chaffee County, the sheriff, Salida police, and Buena Vista police, where law enforcement can directly refer cases for youth to us with certain types of cases. Generally, the cases that come from Canyon City are referred from the DA's office. And that's a diversion program. So some sort of law enforcement agency or some judicial officer has made that referral. Now we have two other programs. The school program, we will get a direct call from the school, principal, dean of students, counselors, if there is a case that involves restorative justice. The schools also call call us because they like just there's restorative practices or restorative principles that a lot of schools are moving to instead of punitive systems of discipline. And so we do a lot of training of staff, administrators, teachers on restorative practices. So those referrals come directly from those administrators. And then we also have our community program, which deals with community disputes, where it can be two organizations or two individuals, landlord, tenant, that want to move in a more restorative way in solving their disputes, and we get those direct referrals from the community members. Okay, that's fair. Now, an organization like yours can't do it alone. You need outside help. How does the community join in? We use community volunteers a lot, and and I mentioned that community members are there as part of the process. So community members to volunteer, to train and become a community member, or you can you know, train and get certified in in this kind of, I use that term loosely, but there are some parameters and and skills that you need to learn to effectively become a restorative justice facilitator. So being a co-facilitator is also an option for for the community to get involved. Okay. And then also, you know, there's all, always just, once you learn about restorative justice, if you believe in it, just tell your friends about it because one of the things we encounter, and thank you for having me here, is that the community just isn't uh, restorative justice literate right now. And we do a lot of work educating the community on restorative justice. I'm glad you're here. Not everybody uh, speaks the language, if you will. So, right. Now, you list some big partners, Anschutz, El Pomar, Coors. Uh, what is their role? Basically funding. It takes funding to maintain staff. There are times where I mentioned earlier that we give those responsible parties the opportunity to take accountability and responsibility for what they've done and repair the harm done. What we find, especially with youth, that a lot of time the harm is done to themselves and they're coming from environments where they were harmed. And that is partially why they made the decisions they made. And so, you know, a lot of times it's youth that just come from low resource environments. And we help provide some of those resources. Some kids rather be in school than out getting in trouble or they, they want to go to trade school and they can't afford it. And we help provide those resources and scholarships. Or some kids want to learn how to fish or hike or camp. But again, their families don't have the resources to provide those things. And we provide those resources and opportunities as well. Okay, that's a good summary. So, Eric, with your programs, is there any pushback from the community, any false assumptions that you have to deal with? Yeah, sometimes some people, when they don't really 
know the process and aren't familiar with it make an assumption that restorative justice is somehow soft on crime. And conservative, liberal, I think that most people can get behind restorative justice because, like I mentioned earlier, the main tenant and the main thing that's a qualifier for a participant is that they take accountability and responsibility for what we've done. And I think that we can all agree that when somebody is able to genuinely do that and is also willing to repair the harms or restore any damage that they've done, then that's a good thing. And that's the direction that we want to go. Okay. Eric, as we run out of time, let me remind folks that Full Center Restorative Justice is part of the Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation Spirit Campaign, which goes through the end of the year. And I'm sure, like most organizations, if you got a few more funds, that would always be appreciated. It's always appreciated. It takes fun for us to do this great work that we're doing. We are just trying to strengthen our community, make it safer, and have youth move in a more positive direction and give them the opportunity to heal from whatever they've experienced that led them to the faulty decisions they've made to get them in trouble in the first place and give them an opportunity to align with their purpose, meaning, and become contributing members of our community. Eric, thanks for stopping by. Thanks so much for having me. We've been visiting with Eric Lee, Executive Director of Full Circle Restorative Justice. My name's Gary, and under full disclosure, I am a board member of Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m., and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. Walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a rainbow.